Are you ready to tap in to your power within so that your business can reach its truest potential? Hi, I'm Candace Haza, and I help business entrepreneurs access their inner GPS so that their business can grow and thrive. You are here to serve and to create an impact in this world. Welcome to the Intuitive Business Podcast. Good morning, good morning, and good morning. So today I'm with you at 7.53 in the morning, (laughs) and we are going to learn about how to connect with your intuition and the the Claire's. But first, before we begin, I just want to tell you what's in front of me. So in front of me, I have a big green smoothie that has spinach and blueberries and banana and almond milk and protein powder. And it's really rich and creamy and it's really feeling good inside my body. And then I have a hot cup of peppermint tea. Mmm. It's nice and warm, and it feels nice and warm in my belly. I have two hard-boiled eggs, and they're sitting in a yellow plastic bowl with a logo that says Margaritaville. (laughs) We use these out at the pool. And so I have my two hard-boiled eggs there. And then I have my peppermint oil, my patchouli oil sitting in front of me, and my serenity oil. Mm -mm. And infused in the air is my serenity oil, which really helps me personally to connect to the Akashic Records. When I'm working, I like to have my infuser on with that product. And from my meditation this morning, I picked a beautiful double-blooming gardenia from my garden, because I've been a little gardener this summer um, with extra home time. And I'm smelling it right now. I'm putting it in the microphone. Can you smell it with me? Oh my gosh. It's the sweet, heavenly smell that brings me right back to a day that I spent in Hawaii not too long ago. There was a gardenia bush next to my chair that I would sit at every day. And I would put my whole face in the gardenia bush and I would just smell it. And one day, one of the workers saw me every day smelling these gardenias and and picked it and brought it to me. And the whole day, I literally just put the gardenia to my nose, Mm, just like I'm doing right now. And it smells like heaven. So guess what? (laughs) you already started to learn the four C's, the four Claire's, and I just knocked over my bottle of oil. (laughs) I didn't spill it though, so that's the good news. So today we're going to talk a little bit about how to connect with your intuition through your senses. So here's the big secret, a couple big secrets. But the first big secret is when you say, you know what, I don't think I could connect with my intuition. Okay, but I invite you to think a little differently today. 
Maybe that's a limiting belief. Hmm. But what if we look at this in a different way? So I want you to all take a deep breath in and just connect with that space inside, that space that lives inside of you right now. And I'm going to walk you through a little bit about the secrets to really get a deep connection with your intuition right now. (laughs) Oh my gosh, this is going to be such a fun journey. In one of my episodes, my past episodes, I believe it's called Quantum Connection, and I introduce you to um, this beautiful gentleman who wanted to learn how to use his intuition at a more higher level. He just really, 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 his name's Renee, and he really, really wanted to connect, and so he hired me to help him with his Quantum Connection, and that's a program that I have. And so you can hear his testimonial about how he went from, I really want to be able to connect more deeply with my intuition to him talking to his grandfather on the other side. He actually was able to open up his mediumship gifts with some of the mm, ways that I guided him to connect with his intuition. And he was quite talented. And guess what? You are too. Because you've used intuition your whole life. So when you imagine yourself as a little baby wrapped in a blanket about three months old, all snuggly and cozy, how are you communicating your needs with your parents? (laughs) I believe children are constantly talking to their parents. If you have some friends that have a small child, pay attention. Watch how that mother will jump up to that high chair or wherever they're feeding their child and say, oh, they need more or they've had enough. And you think, how do they really know? (laughs) Besides, of course, tossing a bowl across the room as children often do. But intuition is something that parents and children use from a really young age. About the age of four or five, something happens, and something probably happened to you. I tell my story about being the four-year-old, and um, I said something to somebody about my intuition, and it came back to my mother, (laughs) and uh, I could see a look on her face, and I thought, I never want to make that look on my mom's face again, and it was about using my intuition. And I took myself back to that time where I decided to shut my intuition off. When I was creating my, I call it the timeline of woo, my windows of opportunity and my intuition, I realized that that was the day I shut it off when I was four. And most likely there was something that shut your intuition off. Something somebody said. There's this gentleman that I just found on Netflix and his last name was Mercado and he was a famous psychic in, I think it was Mexico or Spain. He was Spanish and people from all over the world came to see him. And 
I don't want to go down that path because I really want to teach you about how to use your intuition today. But the one thing I that struck me in this documentary of this psychic, uh, he was really big into us. Um, uh, yeah, let me get my words right. <laughs> Astrology, there's the word. And so what struck me is he was very different. He kind of looks like a male and sort of looks like a female. And you kind of look at him and say, is he a man or is he a woman when you first meet him, like visually? And they talk about this. It's just not my interpretation. But when he was little, he realized he was different. He liked makeup. He liked to feel feminine. He liked to feel masculine. He liked both. He was a dancer, very creative. And as he was discovering himself, he said to his mom, I don't feel like I'm like anybody else. And you know what she did? She didn't shut him off. She told him to lean into that. She says, you are unique. Be unique. Be the person you want to be. And that gave him permission to heal so many people in the world. In this documentary, they show flocks of people, almost like when the Pope would come to visit. It was, he was so loved. I invite you to watch that uh, Netflix original. And the general, the psychic's name was, and he called himself a psychic, was Mercado. And the way they did that movie was excellent. So back to your learning about your intuition. So when I took you through the senses right now, that was the secret sauce. How you learn to use your intuition is by your primary sensors because you're already hardwired to use those Anyways, for instance, when I was talking about my eggs <laughs> in my Margaritaville cup and my green juice and t- my tea, I was using different modalities when I was talking about how I felt and what smells that I use in my room. What was your primary excitement values? Like, were you like, oh, I totally see that. Or I totally feel the morning routine of her saying good morning and inviting me to be part of this, part of this, this knowledge, this wisdom. So what was it that you were connecting with? Or was it this beautiful smelling gardenia? So let's talk a little bit about why learning styles are the secret sauce to get connected at the highest level to your intuition. This is exactly what I used with Renee. We used the modality that he used, and then we expanded that. And that's how he started with his intuitive Vision is using the modality he was the most connected to. So let's go through the clairs. So clairvoyance means clear seeing. And this is when 
um, visions of the past, present, and future can flash through our mind's eye or our third eye, which people believe it's above, kind of above the bridge of your nose, in between your eyebrows on your forehead. That's where that chakra is like. And so that's what clairvoyance means, is seeing. Clairaudience means hearing. That's when you hear like words or sounds or music, like in your mind's eye, or voice. So you're hearing me now. That's audience, that's sound. Clairsentient means clear feeling. And that's when people... Um, when that entails like feelings, a person's like spirit or emotions or um, feeling other people's physical pain. Many of us use clairsentience without consciously being aware of it. That's when we get that strong gut feeling um, or goosebumps. Like you say, ooh, that just gave me the goosebumps. So when you're clairsentient, feeling, that means that you feel other people's emotions. Often when I'm in a reading, I'll say, I feel like I want to cry, or I feel like there's something stuck in my voice. I'm not, I'm not feeling that for me. I'm now feeling that for my client. There's clear gustatory, which means clear tasting, the ability to taste something that isn't actually there. This experience sometimes comes out of the blue, um, and sometimes like a deceased loved one's attempting to communicate a memory or an association with the particular food or beverage that reminds us of them. Um, it's an unusual, it's an unusual one uh, for people to identify with, but people like chefs or bakers or food critics, they could probably have a little more alignment with um, Claire Gustians. Um, I've had that experience once, actually twice, both times I was pregnant. I, and that's the only time I've ever had uh, a gustatory experience. And then there's Claire Alliance, which means clear smelling. That's also a rare, um, a rare type of Claire. Um, I know that sometimes you'll smell like a perfume or a cigarette smoke of a deceased relative. I do have that sense. Um, and it happens occasionally. I'll smell fragrance. Like one time I experienced uh, the fragrance of roses when I was in um, Emmitsburg, Maryland at um, like a really, uh, like a retreat center. I uh, saw a woman who was a stigmata and she was at the church service, which was actually um, Pentecost Sunday many years ago with my mother-in-law. And we were there and, <clears throat> excuse me, I wanted to see this uh, stigmata. And what a stigmata means is that they've had the wounds of Christ. So she had uh, the images on her hands and her feet. And so she ran over to the chapel to pray. She wasn't feeling well, um, because that takes a lot out of you when your body's bleeding all the time. <clears throat> excuse me. 
And so a lot of times uh, people with stigmatas like Padre Pio, um, they have these senses uh, or they have these they have a lot of illnesses because of how their body's working. Well, anyways, <clears throat> one time I smelled, uh, I was in line waiting to see her and I was like, where are the roses? Where are the roses? And the woman in front of me who had two small children and they were all like dolled up with different metals and they were <clears throat> really into, they were really into the, meeting this woman. Like they'd seen the stigmata many times and, um, so when I was saying that, she turned around and I could see she and her husband had tears in their eyes and they said, oh, honey, you're experiencing a message from the Blessed Mother. And so that actually happened to us and it was really cool. So I'm just going through some of these clairs with examples so that you can get some really significant meaning from, from this exercise of knowing the secret sauce of connecting with your intuition. So then there's clear cognizance. So that means like clear knowing. This is when like people just have the knowledge. Um, they just know. They know something about people, events that they normally, um, they just somehow have this knowledge inside. They don't understand it. Um, it's kind of like spirits just impresses us with the truth it just pops into our minds from out of nowhere. It's just like this knowingness. Like this morning, I wanted to go over this exercise and I was like, how am I going to introduce this? And they said, my guide said, start with talking about some things that are around you. Start with using your senses. Boom. There I had it. <laughs> it's like kind of simple when you think about it. So I just wanted to go over some of those things for you um, so that you knew a little bit about the senses and the clairs. So now we're going to go to the next level. We're going to get a little deeper. Rub those hands together and here we go. I believe why I get such great success with my clients when I'm teaching them how to connect with their Akashic, Akashic records, <laughs> mess that word up, or really the quantum energy field that's all around all of us is because what I do is I, I teach from your modality. So when somebody comes to me and says, I want to learn, the first thing is I figure out which of the primary clairs or the, the senses that they use the most. So we're going to stick to um, visual today, auditory, and kinesthetic because they're the easiest ones to navigate and to bring you through. Once you start using your primary modality, guess what starts to happen? The other ones kick in. Like for example, I'm a, um, I'm a big, I love to pray and I love to pray to Padre Pio. I just think he's a funny man. Energetically, I've met him. Um, and he'll come to me with the a smell of cigarettes, which other people have said that Padre comes to them with the sense of cigarettes, like the smell in their nose. So, oh, <laughs> I almost got like a tickle, almost like a sneeze as I said that. So what happened is my 
that Claire woke up as I spoke to it in this moment. So that's that's something I've developed over time because intuition is just simply a muscle. And so how I get you to develop that muscle even greater is I use your main modality. For instance, I box. So yesterday my boxing coach came and I have like a boxing pole in my backyard underneath my awning. And so what we were doing yesterday is we were strengthening my left side, which is not my predominant side for boxing. My power hitter is my right hand. So here we went from praying to boxing, (laughs) the dichotomy of all of us, right? And so my left arm hurts today because we exercised it more. My back was hurting yesterday. So instead of doing my major power punches, we developed my left side that was weaker so that I wasn't hitting as hard. So I was giving my back a bit of a rest while still working my body and getting stronger. So that's what I'm introducing you today is we're going to get stronger, but today we're going to use your power hand, your boxing hand, the one that's your primary hitter or the one that shows up the most in life. So if you're sitting there scratching your head and saying, geez, I don't know which one that I'm the most um, associated with. So in the beginning, when I was talking, I want you to go back in your mind's eye. What was juicing you up? Like, was it the warm, cozy tea or was it the smell of the gardenia or was it the visual clues that I was giving along the way? Or was it something that you were feeling inside? Maybe you were getting warm and cozy thinking about having breakfast with somebody. So whatever it was that you were feeling, I want you to lean into that. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about, actually, I'm not going to tell you, I'm going to explain so that you can understand a little bit about how your learning style is connected to intuition. Here we go. So visual learners, what they do is they observe more through their sight. So how they're going to show up in this world is in a classroom, um, they're the copious note takers. They're the ones that you think that their pen is going to run out of ink. And usually there's do. (laughs) Mine does. (laughs) And so they'll draw diagrams and they're... um, they like to draw diagrams that might represent complex information. Like for example, what I do is I use a pen with multiple colors, red, green, blue, and black. And so when I'm taking notes in a book, sometimes I'll use a diagram and I'll know exactly what I mean by that diagram. And so, um, I probably have a lot of visual, um, they also see patterns in their mind's eye. I often tell people that are working with me um, when I'm in the Akashic Records for business, I don't know how this happens, but I see multiple 
um, outcomes. And so what my mind starts doing is when I see into the energy field of a person, when they ask a question, what happens is it's almost like it ignites all my senses and I go searching. Oops, I just hit my bell. <laughs> Talk about sounds, <laughs> incorporating them. But my mind starts going to search for their highest and best possible outcomes through the intention that they set through the reading. So what happens for me is I see the patterns of outcome. And that's what I think makes me so great at what I do. And I just kind of caught myself off guard. I usually aren't like, aren't, I'm not a braggy person, but I truly do this. And I'm truly proud of the fact that I do this because it gets business owners to where they want to be in an evolutionary growth state more quickly. So I'm really proud of the fact that that's one of the modalities that I use. Um, like if you're traveling and you're a visual person, how you orient your positioning of where you're at is by mapping it out in your mind or picking out features and surroundings. <laughs> For me, this is quite the challenge. I feel like I'm directionally challenged because if I can't get a clear visual on something, I'm lost. I just, the whole map disappears from my mind. So I, um, I dare say that possibly visual learners might not be the best with direction. I'm not sure about that. I'm just guessing because I really suck. Um, my navigation angel, I think that she, <laughs> I think that she sometimes is out to lunch for me. So um, that's kind of how I feel about navigation with visual. Um, what kind of jobs do these people have? They usually like beautiful things. They're attracted to beautiful things. They usually beautify their home. They usually have vibrant, bright colors in their home. They usually are visual artists, stylists, designers, and they love painting and drawing and experimenting with hairstyles and fashion. So that's a visual learner, and that's somebody that would be using their um, the Claire of Claire, um, <laughs> clairvoyance. I'm sorry about that. So let's go back to the next, um, pattern for learning is auditory. It's not a pattern. It's senses. So auditory learners, they actually absorb information through vibration now, I see vibration and I feel vibration as well. So when I'm doing a reading, I'm seeing a vibration of energy that's either high or low. I can see the potential outcome in the Akashic records. So I see where they need to go navigationally in life, but then I see the vibration of where they're at. Because if you're vibrating too low... So say, for instance, I'm going to Bali, Indonesia in March of 2021. So in order to create a vibrational alignment, to be able to go there, to be able to create the income and the experience, I started vibrating differently. I vibrated with the fact I'm there. I'm there is what I said in my head. I'm in Bali, Indonesia. The next thing that happened with my 
my vision, although we're talking about auditory, is my vision for Bali became so strong that I actually attracted somebody that went to Bali, Indonesia every three weeks. She had a driver. She had all of her staying information. Everything was laid out and she sent it to me. In the meantime, the energy of my business grew and I was able to immediately save the goal of money that I had for this trip. So within about six weeks, I not only had the complete itinerary to a place I've never been, I also had the money come in because I vibrated differently. So let's talk again about vibration. How they, um, they're often found like hanging on every word. Like if you're kind of leaning in right now, (laughs) you're probably auditory. These types of people are really good about movie quotes and song lyrics. And if you play music, it can shift their mood. So if they're feeling a little down, they might like crank up the volume of something that really makes them happy. Um, they are really in alignment with the people that do like the ohm, you know, saying the vibrational sounds. They're really in alignment for healing in that modality and using that vocal expression. Who are these people? Like, how do they show up in the world? They show up in the world um, usually as speakers, presenters, musicians, and singers. What do they do in their free time? Uh (laughs) Uh-oh, I'm being called out. They enjoy listening to podcasts or music or playing with songs and lyrics and poetry. So that's kind of how the auditory learners are, and they're sensitive to sound vibration. So if you have a child that says, oh, mommy, that's too loud, or you're talking too loud, and you think that you're using a normal voice, that's because the child is sensitive to sound vibration. I also notice with autistic children that they're very auditory because they're very, very sensitive to sound and to light. Um, It's not necessarily what's being said that matters to them. It's it's the sense, the vibrational frequencies of the sounds. Uh, They're the ones that sing in the shower. They um, talk to themselves out loud do that. Um, they audibly record their thoughts. I do that. I have notes on my phone, um, on my Apple phone and I have this notes. And so I hit record and I talk, uh, like an, a podcast idea in. So, you know, this also is just a little exercise in teaching you how to communicate with other people. So the next thing is, um, kinesthetic. So kinesthetic, so which Claire is that? So that's clairsentient, that's your senses. And so kinesthetic, how kinesthetic learners um, absorb information is through their body, they feel things. Like has anybody ever said to you, 
oh my gosh, I like broke my leg. And they go in through the whole rendition and you're going, oh my God, I can feel it. Like stop talking. <laughs> and they'll say, then my bone cracked. And you're like, oh my God, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but I just wanted to prove a point that like, if you're one of those people that just said, oh my gosh, I like heard the bone, then you're, and, and you felt it in your body and you like cringed, then most likely the cringe was the kinesthetic part of you. They're usually kind of a little hyper with their behavior, like they're the ones that are bouncy and moving and always doing things. They're the ones either tapping a pen or bouncing their foot in the classroom or the meeting place. So that's how you can tell if these people are um, kinesthetic. Um, they might remember like where a teacher was standing as an anchor to particular bits of information. Uh, they'll say that, well, they, she was standing right here when she told me this. Um, let's see, what do these, they usually, um, how they show up in the world is they like to work with their hands. They're always using their hands. They're crafters and makers and they're the fixer up bits that, you know, are constantly walking around the house, making sure things are done with their hands. What they might do in their free time is they might do yoga or dance or martial arts. Um, their body movement is basically like a form of expression or release. It's also a way that they connect to their feelings or learn about life's greater lessons. Um, also with kinesthetic learners, they're sensitive to their environment and their own body. Um, I know my sister was like this and I am too. Like I like soft clothing on if something's like wool or like a synthetic. Oh my God. I absolutely hate that. Autistic children also are like that. So they like a soft clothing. So sometimes if they're, if you have an autistic child and they're um, using the same clothing, it's because it feels good. So buy 10 of them right now because they'll go away. <laughs> I know my cousin's son's autistic and he, she had, uh, we had three blue and white striped shirts, but Matthew would like us to put all the shirts on. So he also visually liked everybody to have his kinesthetic shirt on. <laughs> so he would associate with us more. Um, how they take care of their home, uh, people that are kinesthetic, which um, this is me, <laughs> is they use feng shui in their homes, which I had a feng shui episode with Mar uh, Margie in the beginning. Uh, I'm not sure which one it was. It was after five, though, after my first five. And um, things in their home can actually elevate their happiness. Like I have to be honest, right now I've been working uh, very diligently on a bunch of product projects in my office, I have stacks of research and books all around me right now. And that doesn't make me happy. Like I, I wanted to clean my desk before I did this episode, but I wanted to get this done. So I put it as my priority. Um, they love to work their bodies and exercise that like 
releases the emotions, the pent-up emotions through exercise. And they're very active in meditation because usually these people have really um, busy minds because they're processing through their emotions. And so meditation kind of helps the ritual of bringing the energy in alignment. Um, They also might use ritualistic forms of self-love. Like for me, I completely loved myself this morning by doing my meditation, by having my juice, um, and by eating, uh, by drinking my juice with the, the greens and, and the vegetables in it and the protein powder and uh, eating a hard-boiled egg. It just made me feel really like I took, like I loved myself because I love my body. Um. Some people that are kinesthetic, they're the ones that might also have uh, learning styles regarding more sensitive things like the olfactory, like the smell, or the um, cog- cognition, the knowingness. So they might have multiple clairs associated with the kinesthetics. So we just kind of umbrella the kinesthetic um, the kinesthetic person and put the olfactory and the cogniz- cognizance, like that knowingness, all in this form. Just to make it really simple for you to learn. So the three learning styles of auditory or visual, auditory, and kinesthetic the learning styles that are associated with the clairs, which again are the seeing, clairvoyance, the feeling, clairsentient, and the hearing, clairaudience. So if you can see that these two are intertwined, and if you work with your primary modality, guess what happens? You start building more muscle, like with my boxing. So today my left arm is a lot stronger than it was the day before because I used it. I developed my muscle of intuition. I want to talk next about patterns of imbalance because you'll be able to see a little bit more about going deeper inside yourself and doing some healing work with yourself if you know how you interpret that next level, the sixth sense. So now we're going to talk about how to use your sixth sense, which is intuition. So for visual learners, when you're working with a visual learner, and it's the, pri- the primary first style is visual. Now remember, a lot of the other styles will kick in once you develop your muscle around the primary. For instance, when I started to do, uh, to connect with my intuition, um, the first thing that I did is I did automatic writing. So that was the first thing. I asked a question and I wrote it on a piece of paper And um, the question was, what am I to learn today? Then I would 
connect with my Akashic Records, which is, there's a way I show people how to do that. And then I'd start writing. Excuse me. So I would write. I had auditory writing. So I would write and write and write the words that would just channel through me. The next thing that I learned was um, how not to use paper and how to connect with my energy field without the paper. I'm sorry, that's not true. What happened next is I actually learned how to connect with other people's energy fields before I learned how to channel my own. So I had to stick with writing for a long time because I had a hard time channeling for myself. So the next thing that I learned after I did my automatic writing is I learned to read my own Akashic records, but I had to do it with writing because that's kind of how I was initially trained. I try to not teach people to use that method while it's simple. Why not just bypass it and go right to channeling? Because when I learned to connect with other people's energy field and to channel for them, I was taken right to the clear channel is what I call clear channel when you don't have to write or interpret anything. It's just, I see, feel, hear, and know certain things in their energy field. And then we set an intention and we go into the reading. So that was the second thing that I learned was basically I channeled for myself in writing, but then when I connected to other people's energy field, I had a clear channel, which just went from head to verbs to words. Later, I was able to channel my own information from my guides. Um, that was, that was the last thing that kicked in for me. So let's go a little bit deeper with this. Um, Visual, visual, and what you would expect to see connecting with your intuition. You can do like future castings, like I see how things align. I had already shared with you, I see patterns. So I can see how situations will unfold really rapidly. And that's really helpful when you're trying to make a business decision because I can see the highest and best and some outcomes. You can see auras and chakras. Um, Sometimes I'll actually see them on a person. I have uh, a girlfriend. Her name's Sophie. She'll love that I'm talking about this. She's a mineral expert. Like anything stone related, she knows everything about them. You just have to hold a stone up and she's like um, a mineral Bible, walking mineral Bible. And sometimes when we're sitting out in the sun, we're having a conversation by the pool. She has a pool. I have a pool. So (laughs) we're usually sitting by one of those. And when she talks, the reflection from the pool and from her hands, when she moves, I can see an aura of different colors, almost like a deep rainbow, not like a light rainbow, but like deep colors of rainbows. When her hand moves, she almost makes like rainbows when she talks because she's also an intuitive and she has been working with energy her whole whole life. So she, I see her aura or her energy field. It's rare that I see that. Usually I see 
that um, I see a white energy field. I usually don't have the ability to see color. If you want a little secret and something to play with, and I know not a lot of people are at airports right now, but you will be someday in the future. What I used to do is I used to look for those people walkers that had a whole glass behind it, like a whole window of glass behind it. So if you can imagine an airport and uh, and of course, it's there's a lot of glass. So I look for the people mover by the glass. I sit across from it in a chair. And as people go by, I look for their auras. And what I see is spinning tunnels. So, But everything's white. Nothing's really exciting in color like Sophie's magical hands. And so the energy above your head spins in a cone and at your groin. And sometimes when you have leaks, like leaks in your uh, chakra or your energy fields, that I can see cones coming from different places. So there is a way to see chakras that you can train yourself. So start watching. The best way is to look down at your hands right now, spread both of your fingers with your thumbs out and away from you. And if you stare at them, and I invite you to put them against a solid dark background, um, that's the highest and best to see this. And you'll start noticing almost like macadam, you know, the, 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 the roads are made out of that black tar macadam on a super hot day. You've often seen this in movies too. There's several inches of this white vibrational light that's like this foggy light that's above the macadam in a road. So when you look at your hands and you hold up your hands against something dark, you're going to start seeing if you look to your left thumb and then make like um, almost like a, a halo outline, you actually have this now and can see it. One time I was sharing with my girlfriend, this is, oh my goodness, over 25 years ago, I was reading a book, Hands of Light. Um, and it was talking about chakras and all the multiple layers of chakras in our energy field and how expansive it is. This book, I, I was telling my girlfriend, I'm like, hey, check this out, like do this exercise. And she did it with me on the phone and she goes, huh, I can see it, but mine's pink. <laughs> in one of the chapters I was reading, it said that when people are pregnant, their auras are pink. And so I shared that with her. So we got a little teehee out of it because it was the first time she looked down at her hands and that's what she saw. So I invite you to do this as well. They also have the ability um, to envision solutions or pathways moving forward. And I've already shared how that works for me. They're visionaries and they're seers. Oh, that's definitely me. Um, they have a gift for recognizing opportunities. And I truly believe that I have that gift. So I'm very visual. And you do too, if you're visual. Um, you really can see possibilities and potentials. <laughs> you also might fill your cup and it always is to the top. I always fill mine to the tippy top and I usually spill it. You think I would learn my lesson, but for me, it just feels abundant to fill it to the top. <laughs> and, um, so anyways, that's kind of how I work. Um, they can also see like symbols all around them, like in nature. Um, so that again is things that I see, for instance, this morning, um, 
I walked over to a magical thing. Look at me, I'm getting emotional. That I found in my backyard. So one morning I woke up and um, it was cold. It was in the beginning of the summer and the water was cold and it was, you know, six o'clock in the morning or 6.30. So the sun had not yet touched my, the swimming pool. So everything was cold. And I stood in the pool and I wanted to swim, but it was cold. <laughs> so I was like the big debate. Do I want to go under? Do I want to go under? What do I want to do here? And then all of a sudden, like a voice inside of me said, how do you want to show up today? I was like, oh yeah, hell yeah. I want to show up strong. So I want to show up strong for my clients. So I thought I'm going to just plunge in. And so I plunged and I started to do laps in the pool and I got tired after a few laps and I thought I'm going to take a break at the end at the deep end. And as I did, so I took a deep breath in and I looked to the right and that's where our gate is to our fence. And it's also part of our neighbor's tree. I can see our neighbor's tree. That's a Bartlett pear. I probably shared this story, but it's important for today. And as I was catching my breath and feeling cool in the water, I looked at the tree at the Bartlett pear and the sun happened to be rising in the middle of the tree. This oval-shaped Bartlett pear tree with green leaves and it's old, sturdy wood. And smack in the middle of this tree was the sun rising. It was magnificent and so beautiful. 30 years I lived in this house and I think 25 of it we had a pool and that was the first time I experienced this. Then I turned around and we have at least, um, I don't know, maybe 60, 70 feet of trees that are very high green arborvitas, at least 20 feet high. So it's like a wall. And the next thing I saw was that morning sun was hitting the water and it was throwing the vibrational waves of the water and it made golden, golden vibrational movements on this 60 feet, 25 feet high wall of trees. And it looked like the trees were vibrating with magic. So there you go for an example of what visual people see. They see symbols and magic all around them. Then I heard in my mind's eye, this is what the quantum energy field looks like, the vibrational field. So that's kind of the visual um, faculties and, and how they are come out in an intuitive person. So with every bright side of life, there's the shadow side. And let's talk a little bit about the shadow side of a visual intuitive learner. They can also create the most worst case scenarios. <laughs> I don't want to speak of any that I create in my mind, but I do this. 
you know, I'll be like, oh my God, and then this is going to happen, and then this, and then this. And pretty soon, something simple that didn't need, excuse me, to need to have all that attention, I just piled on all the way, worst case scenarios. They can also have uh, uh, headaches, like that tension behind your eyes. Like at the end of the day, I start feeling a pressure in my head because my primary Claire for my business is visual, although I've developed all of the others by now. But that's that was my strongest. That's my right punching boxing arm <laughs> is my visual. However, I've developed um, all the others uh, as I've grown my intuitive muscle. So I feel this pressure in my head towards the end of the day. They also, um, and this is definitely me, they have a hard time grounding. That's why meditation for me is not just, yeah, that's nice and I do it. It's a necessity. Running an intuitive business, yes, I'm intuitive, but I have to be grounded enough to run my business. They often have a hard time focusing uh, too far into the future, and that's that's me. I can see into the future, and I've learned and I've trained myself over the last 38 years of working at the university and working in this business. I have made a very strong left arm because <laughs> by rights, uh, my focus is not in my wheel set. I had to develop that. And fortunately, with the training that I received at Millersville of planning, 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 we planned most events two years in advance. And we had to because that's the, what the schedule was like. So I was trained into that, but that was my left hand in boxing. It was not my right now I'm as strong with my left hand and focusing as I am in my right because I continued to use that. How to bring or to flower your visual intuition, your clairvoyance, is things like I have a vision board and I really love using my vision board the closer you keep your vision board to where you're at most of your day is the more that you'll be able to bring that energy into your life. Um, I work to exhaustion often, and um, that's a, a imbalance pattern that I also have. I, I just wanted to go back to that. I forgot. I, I can often work until exhaustion. Uh, clear visionaries will just like work until they pop over. And that's pretty much what my office looks like right now. So I want to go back to the, I'm sorry, I, I went forward before or backwards before. Um, the, the ways that they attune to their clairvoyance in their environment is they like beautiful things in their offices and their bedrooms. Like my bedroom is very feminine and fluid and feng shui. Um, whether you're married and you have a husband or not, your bedroom should be very feminine because the woman invites the man into her bedroom. At least that's... Uh, 
the way that my life's oriented. If there's two women in a relationship, they probably really like a beautiful bedroom. If there's two men in in the relationship, um, I'm still thinking that they like a beautiful, um, mas- more masculine bedroom because their energy is more masculine and that's what they honor. So for me, I have like pink drapes and white lace and I like to sleep on white bedding because it, your bedding produces an energy. So you don't want to be sleeping on red sheets um, because it's too high vibration. So when you sleep for people that are very visual, they should, and and also with kinesthetic because they feel everything, you shouldn't be sleeping on red sheets if you're kinesthetic. So, um, anyways, so we've gone through some, some different ways for attunement, um, Today, I invite you to do something that makes you feel beautiful. So if you're a woman listening to this, um, maybe put your makeup on today and maybe you hadn't intended on that. For me, I'm going to wear, I'm thinking of my beautification process today. I'm going to wear a pink lipstick, like with a pink lip gloss that I just bought and I have a new dress that's a lavender halter dress that's made of this bamboo cotton material. Are you seeing some patterns with me here? (laughs) I like that softness, the kinesthetic. I like the visual. I like thinking about my lipstick. So I'm attuning some of the visual and I'm actually mixing in some of the kinesthetic as we speak you know, the feeling of my clothes. People that like to attune to their visual is they like to take pictures and painting and art. I could look at a piece of art for hours and see something new in it each and every time. They also like visually stimulating places. Um, I just remember, um, like for me, Maui is such a imaginary or it's magical for me because there's the double booming gardenias, my favorite flowers. There's the pulmarias, there's mountains and there's the beautiful ocean and the sunset. For me, it's like Maui is like walking in living art. And so that's when I'm in Maui, I'm creative and Oh my goodness, the ideas I had for my business. Maui also has feminine energy. That would be in the kinesthetic. So let's start moving to the auditory. And the the faculties that intuitive people have when they are using auditory. They hear spiritual guidance. They are really, so spiritual guidance, that would mean like, so I have to be honest, I actually had an auditory experience outside of my body, meaning I didn't hear it on the inside. I actually heard it on the outside. So usually on the inside, you'll hear voices like um, something like, hey, I want you to do this today. You know, like say I have to pay a bill or something and my guides might say, I want you to do it today. And then here I look and it actually is due today, which maybe I was thinking of paying it on Friday. So they'll give me some guidance and wisdom. But I did hear an auditory voice on the outside one day and 
I think I shared that in another episode, so I'm not going to go down the deep path of it, but I, I was in a, a hotel and I was in a really dark place in my mind because I had been diagnosed with something, um, with, with cancer and I wanted my son and the cancer was in my uterus and they were going to take it out. And so, of course, being visual, <laughs> I created the worst case scenario, which there really honestly was only one scenario, which was to have my uterus removed and then I couldn't have my son. And I had seen my son maybe five years before then. So I was pretty depressed. And I had had a horrible travel day. <laughs> I traveled to two o'clock in the morning. My driver didn't pick me up. They lost my suitcase. This big fancy hotel didn't even have a toothbrush. And if I can't brush my teeth before I go to sleep, I just can't sleep well. And so there I am lying there um, in bed. I had taken a shower and got the day off of me as soon as I got into the hotel room about four o'clock in the morning. And I was lying there in bed and my husband had already went to work. He was working from Arizona that day is where I was at. We were in this fancy hotel and it had, the second part had a private room. It had like a bar and a sitting area. And then I was in the bedroom and I heard a voice and I thought it was the bellman bringing my suitcase in. I quickly grabbed the covers up to my chin and I was like, hello, hello, who's there? And nobody answered me, but I heard a voice and it said, you still have a uterus. And I was like, um, um, I don't think a bellman would say that. So I got out of bed cause I was already awake and I was really awake then. And I went in and I got a shower and I was like scratching my head thinking, oh my God, I've never heard a sound outside, like real outside of me. And that was one time I did. So as we develop our muscles, we'll hear things in different ways. You might have a heightened sense of empathetic type of listening. So you hear what's beyond the words that are spoken. So if you're ever like, um, you bumped into, you're with a friend and you bump into a friend and they say, yeah, I'm doing fine. Everything's great and great seeing both of you. And they walk away and you say, oh, I just, I feel I feel something about Susie and other friend says, what do you mean? <laughs> I just feel like she was sad. And they said, but she said she was happy and everything was going great. But I feel when somebody's sad, even if they're saying I'm great. So you hear what's beyond the words of being uh, said. Um, so you just have this keenness with your perception. Um, you also, with your words, you can inspire others or heal others or give them some affirmation with your words. Um, music also can do that for these people. How do these uh, auditory people show up in the world? Musicians, of course, and singers and speakers. I bet you President Clinton and I bet you President Obama are primarily auditory because they are some of the most eloquent speakers that I've ever heard. Um, they just are good orient, orators, um, whatever you feel about them politically, uh, listen to how they speak. 
because they speak very well, and I would probably say that they are auditory. They also have a broader spectrum of understanding sound. They hear the highest and the lowest. Um, they could like, they'll hear a bird or, you know, like a, a canary singing and it just, it'll have more meaning to them or listening to the radio would be an important thing. Probably would balance them. It would help them to balance. So what's the shadow side of an auditory intuitive? Sometimes they'll use a language that's kind of sarcastic or um, judgmental or manipulative. Those are kind of like low vibration energies. So that's their shadow side. Um, they might be very self-critical and you might even hear that come out. Um, they might say, oh, damn it, Candace, you know, like I'll really be critical of myself and you know, what a dumb, dumb you're being or something like that. I, I don't usually say that to myself, but I have done that. Or you'll notice that in people, they might be a little more critical. Um, and they also might have experienced some ringing in the ears, not wanting to hear the truth. Um, They might repeat old stories or non-truths um, or something that's no longer, it's kind of an outdated way of being. Um, they also might be prone to a little bit more gossip or they do not shut off with their speech. It's like bump, 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 bump. You're thinking, oh, good Lord. You know? <laughs> um, they just, they can go. So how to attune somebody that's clear, uh, has clear audience, um, like rhythm, rhythm, bump, 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 like that rhythm, like drumming or listening to chanting can help to, uh, balance or attune clear people with clear audience. Those sound baths, just being bathed in the energy of sound making sure they say their I am affirmations. I am beautiful. I am magnificent. I am driven. I'm brilliant. I'm happy. I am joy. I am love. So saying their morning affirmations. They might like listening to, um, to the podcast that would, uh, and some music. Sometimes that's all it will take to uplift their spirits. So let's talk a little bit about the intuitive um, person that's kinesthetic, the feeling oriented. So they sense other people's emotions. So when you think of children, be careful because if you're going through like a slump, you're, the child's probably... Um, feeling that as well inside of them. So managing your feelings around children that are kinesthetic, are, it's really important because they're really sensitive to the energy all around them. Um, like having their bodies energetically healed. For instance, there's a woman that um, 
does energy work on my body every single night because of how I use my body. Um, she helps me with my kinesthetic part because she releases in my energy field things that aren't serving me as I'm sleeping and it's easier to release during those times. So, um, I keep up with that so that I don't have an imbalance in my system because I also, I think all my clairs are pretty primary at this point because I use all of them. Um, so I think I probably started with the most visual, but I'm so high in kinesthetic. It's really hard for me to say, um, I know when I'm lying in bed, taking a little nap and my husband walks up the steps, I start feeling him in my abdomen when he's at the top of the steps and he still has probably, um, another, 30 feet before he's even next to me. And I start feeling this tingle or this vibration in the middle range of my chakras. I start feeling him before he even comes into my space. And I even know the feeling of him in that energy, in that space. Um, so here's some, so the healing, the, the environment, um, sensing other people's emotions. Like if you're around somebody that has a lot of depressive issues or they're negative, it's really hard on your system. So stop bringing that into your energy field because then you have to manage and maintain more. Um, let's see, I'm just going through my list here. So thank you for your patience. Uh, so I already talked about feeling my husband coming into the room. Um, also, you're the ones that you get that, ooh, that kick in your gut when you should stop. And business is like, oh, don't go there. Kick in the gut. Okay. So start listening to that, especially in your business and in your life. Or if something that I've said today has given you goosebumps, then pay attention to that because that was an intuitive signal. So your intuitive signal is the feelings. So if you're kinesthetic and you're going to look for visual patterns in your intuition and you're not visual, I feel so bad for people that I'm training and they'll say, I can't see it. I can't hear it. But I'll say, but you feel it. So I'll ask them a question and I'll say, tell me what you felt. Well, that was the kick in the stomach. Okay. Then that's a no. So you don't have to always see it in order to know it. So celebrate your modality of intuition because yes, you might never see and you might develop intuition and you might see very shortly. I don't want to limit anybody. I'm just saying what the secret sauce is behind learning intuition is making sure that you know your primary modality. There's tons of quizzes, by the way, um, out on the internet so that you, if, if you still haven't identified after all this, your modality, it's probably because you're using your head instead of feeling into this. So I invite you to still go on the internet and look up, um, a quiz. What is my primary Claire quiz? <laughs> Say that 10 times. So let's go back to the kinesthetic how do they show up in the world? Like, what do they do? They're usually people like yogis. They're artists, martial arts. Um, they like, like 
Kidong masters. Like I love Kidong because when, and I like Tai Chi, the energy of Tai Chi, like formulating the energy ball and moving the energy ball. That feels so good. It feels like I'm moving and developing and growing the energy ball of me. Also people that are kinesthetic or like massage therapists, they like touching, you know, they, they don't mind holding a person's hand or touching a person's body. If that just was like, Ooh, I would hate that. Then you're not kinesthetic. <laughs> and that's, that's cool. You just learn something about yourself. Um, they can gain information through others' body movements, like sitting there or being a part of Kidong or um, Tai Chi, the fluid moments of Tai Chi, and just feeling that energy. They start feeling the synergy of the consciousness of each person, and they start becoming one with that energy around them. They can also feel very depleted or energized from the energy vibration. So if you find yourself being moved away or repulsed by somebody in your world, that just means that you're probably not of vibrational alignment and you should reduce or eliminate your time with that person. So here's some patterns of imbalance or your shadow side. So sometimes you might get rashes or toxic sensitivity. So you have to be super careful with what you put in your environment, your cleaners. Um, they usually have digestive issues. They process a lot of their emotions through their stomach. Like if they get upset, they're going to be by a bathroom. Sorry for the graphics. Um, and then swish, eliminate that visual or that feeling. <laughs> I'm trying to make this a pleasant experience. They might be more prone to injury because they're not sometimes in their body. They're, they're like just moving through because they're so into their feelings. They might not be as aware of their body and they might trip and fall more easily. Um, some of them have hypochondriac types of tendencies or obsessions like they might be more uh, aligned for OCD type of behaviors. Like, does it feel okay? Does it feel okay? Touching the light switch multiple times until it feels okay. Going into a bathroom and making sure that the door, the lock feels like you're able to get open. If you're identifying with this, you probably are kinesthetic. Um, they often exhaust themselves because they're kinesthetic and they deplete themselves because they haven't set energetic boundaries for themselves. Um, they also take energy from other people um, when they haven't established those energetic boundaries. So how can we bring the energy back up into kinesthetic people when they're in their shadow side? Oh my God, this is the best, taking a bath. And I love oils. And so I put oils like patchouli and lavender and some sandalwood from some grounding. Um, put some Epsom salts and baking soda in the bath. And that's kind of like an extraction. It'll pull out some of the toxins in your body and just really relax you. 
Also smudging your environment with sage. Remember, smudging with sage brings the energy out, like releases the bad energy. And Palo Alto, it's a really sweet smelling wood that you set your intentions with for the room after it's cleaned. Also high vibrational sounds like ding, like clearing the vibrational energy out um, is really important. Movements in Tai Chi, like just the breathing and the focus on the energy in your body is super, super important. Having things done to your body like Reiki, massage, um, is super, super important and really staying attuned to the healing practices inside of you. When you share your space, your environment with your children, your husband, make sure that you're keeping the vibration aligned and high in your homes. You also might enjoy going to sacred temples, um, going out into nature and just connecting. It's really important to hang out and be with people that are teachers and healers and wise wisdom, um, people that have wise wisdom. So there we go. We have gone over all the clairs and how the secret sauce of starting with your intuition, with your primary modality is so, so important. So remember, utilizing your intuition for business helps create alignment and clarity. It helps you not to be an exhausted business owner, and it helps you to utilize the information, like if you're visionary, what comes in to utilize all these gifts of intuition in your business. It doesn't have to be as hard. And what I'm inviting you to do is to bring more ease into your business with something that's already part of you, intuition. And now you know a little bit more how to handle it. So as always, if you'd like to connect with me, you can go to CandiceHaza.com. And if you like my meditation, forward slash love, and start listening auditory people to the I am statements and start saying them in the morning, the I am statements so that you are more in alignment. So stay away from your shadow sides. And I've talked about this today and move in to the power that lives inside of you, your navigation tool, your intuition, your GPS for success in your business. Thank you for tuning into this episode. I hope that you feel more connected to your power within and that you take action from the guidance here today. For more information, please head to candacehaza.com where you will find more resources to help you and your business grow to the next level.